Welcome to Bethany. My name is Tom. Oh, oh, it is going to be a good morning. It already is. Ezekiel 22.30. While you're turning there in your Bibles, please. Ezekiel 22.30. All right, yeah. Um, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Roy's back there. We have free Bibles for you right over here. We want you to take those with you. There are free gift to you. Take them with you. Bring them back only when you come. When you come and keep them and use them. Guys, did you get your bacon? Yeah. yeah. Guys, did you get your bacon? we got another Bible here. Yes, it is a beautiful thing. I think bacon is just another way that God has of showing us how much he loves us. Yes. Yes, it was good. Lots of artery-clogging man food. Matt came over to my house yesterday, and we took 12 pounds of hickory-smoked goodness. And we cooked it up so that we could serve you 11 pounds of bacon this morning. What happened to the other pound? Quality control. Because we love you. We're servants. That's what we do. So we're here for you. So glad, so glad you're here. My house smells awesome. <laughs> I think that's what heaven smells like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the biblical reference for that, but we'll see. Guys, this is a three-week series. It is the kickoff of it. We wanted to give you some man food. It's called Man Up. Man Up. This is dedicated to you guys. Uh, and I'm calling this message Warrior of God. Worry of God. I want to thank Craig Rochelle for his teaching on the subject, which touched me and moved me and shaped this message. And uh, I just I just pray that we would all be open to God's word and his call to us men and the role that we have and the women who love us. Thank God. Thank God. Hang with us. Bring your men. Bring guys, you know, bring guys you've seen. See guys you've never seen and invite them. Drag them here. It's great. Three weeks. It's going to change our lives. Warrior of God. Why do we call it warrior of God? Guys, if you're taking notes, write this down. Because God has created you. Jesus has created you with the heart of a warrior. With the heart of a warrior. It's about time that we stop. Mother's Day. Mothers are great. We say mothers are great. great And they are. They're wonderful. You know what we do on Father's Day? We beat up the men. You're not good husbands. You're not good fathers. Today, it's about time we started talking to the men and saying, here is your identity in Christ. Here is your calling of God. And God has knit within you. He has placed within you the heart of a warrior. We're start there. Gentlemen, God has created you with the heart of a warrior. Later today, what are all of you going to do? You're going to watch the Super Bowl. We love football. We love to watch Ultimate Fighting. Yesterday was a beautiful day. It started with bacon. It ended with pay-per-view Ultimate Fighting Championship. It was great. We like that. We like that. We like football. We like Ultimate Fighting. The other guys, they play World of Warcraft, right? But here's the great news. God did not call us as men to simply be spectators or, or, or behind a, a, a joystick or something. Or watch other people suiting up and going into battle. Well, we are spectators. He has called us to be warriors ourselves and enter the battlefield. Because he has a battle to fight. And he has put within you the heart of the warrior. And we want to do that. Warrior imagery is throughout the Bible. You'll find it on, on page after page of the Old Testament. And even in the New Testament, Paul writes to, to his, his son in the faith, Timothy. He says, fight the good fight of faith. He says, endure hardship as a good soldier. He writes to the church in Ephesus. He says this. He says, put on the full armor of God. Why? Why do you suit up in full armor? Because he's got a battle to fight. Not so we can be posers and just look like we're warriors, but there's a battle to fight. And men, we are going to man up and stand together. We're going to find out what that is. We're going to engage in it. And I can see it right now. You see it right now. We're going to get complaints. We're going to get complaints from the ladies. First about the bacon. How come we don't get quiche when you serve to you guys bacon? And the bacon, bacon. It's not just about that. We got some tough ladies. We got some tough ladies. I'm married to one. They're going to say, I want to be a warrior. That's okay. Um, how about you be a warrior princess? Because you need to be. There's roles that God gives us. You know? And we want you to be ladies because you're soft. 
and you're beautiful and you smell like powder. And we like that. We like that. We need you to be women. Here's a question. If God was to do a search in the churches of this country, in the churches of this town, in this church, not just for males, but for men, for men of God who said, yeah, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be a warrior of God, a man of integrity, a man of humility and brokenness, a man of love who is focused on giving my life for something outside myself. If he was looking for men of that kind, how many would he find? I think the answer is not enough. Not enough. But there's hope for us, guys. There's hope for us because God is calling us. I love how, uh, I love how it, 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 it shaked out in Ezekiel. Ezekiel, where, you, where you've just turned, 20, 22nd chapter. Here's God speaking. God is speaking in the 30th verse. He says this. I went out, I went out and I was on a search and I looked. What was he looking for? Say it with me. I looked for a man. He was looking for a man, but not just any man. A man among them who would build up the wall around the city and protect my people, who would stand before me, stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found, what did he find? What did he find? What did he find? Say it with me. I found none. I found none. I was searching. I was pleading. I was calling for a man like the one I just described to stand up, to stand before me, to stand between me and the people. Destruction and the people. And I found none. And I asked if he was going to do a search, if God looked for that type of man here in Gunnison, if he looked for that type of man here in Bethany, within these walls, what would he find? And I I think it would be not enough. Not enough. But here's the invitation. Because we could change that. We could turn that around in his power, in his spirit. Not enough. You see, it's heartbreaking. You don't have to just look in here. You look at this man up. It's Sunday. But there are more women here than there are men. And it's true in churches all across the land. There are women who are plugged in. There are women who are engaged. There are women who are hearing the voice of God. There are women who are hearing the call of God and are responding. And, and why is this? I don't know. But I, I, I think there's truth to the fact that what somebody said, he says, we in the church, we in the church have tried to take men and turn them into women. Feminize them. And... Studies are very conclusive that men do not make good women. They don't. We make lousy chicks. Don't even try. But, but I think the culture, because men started getting engaged, they heard the call of the battlefield at work and in, in recreation and all kinds of ways that they abandoned the church. And so what we have is church configured for women in their 40s and their kids. The guy who is the person who is least likely to be found in a Christian church in America is this, a 20-year-old male. That's why I'm so grateful. I am so grateful for so many of you who are around, who are around that age, a man in his 20s. God, that is the future of the church. You win the men, you win the war. Women, you have a, you have a crucial role to play. And we'll look at that in another week or other weeks. But men, you're here. You're here. And I think we've done a disservice to men because we told them a lie about what following Jesus Christ is all about. We, we, we kind of unintentionally or intentionally said, you following God as being a nice guy. Following God, following Jesus Christ is this guy. You want to be nice. You want to be gentle. You want to be safe. And you want to be a wimp. That is not the picture of a warrior follower of Jesus Christ. Our job is not to get everybody to like us. Our job is to stand for what is righteous and true and pure and bow our hearts and our heads and our, our, all we are to the commander-in-chief and follow him into battle because we are in a battle. And unless we realize that, then we're losing. We're either a victor or we're a casualty. And those who don't enter the battlefield, you're done. And our families are done. And our churches are done. 3,500 in this country, Christian churches, will fail and close their doors this year. North America, the only continent in the world where the Christian church is not growing. 
This call goes out to the men, me included, to man up. Hear the call of our righteous, glorious Savior and King who is not some disenfranchised, open-toed, sandal-wearing, chai-tea-sipping wimp. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming back on a white horse, and he's going to kick the butts of everybody who has followed evil. And if you saw him today, you and I would fall face down and tremble, and he is the very one in this place, not me. He is the one that is calling us through his word to man up, to join arms, and go out. Go out and follow him into battle. We're going to do it, too. We're going to do it. Man, you are a warrior. You're created with the heart of a warrior. Second foundational point, write this down. Every warrior has to have a cause for which to fight. Every warrior has a cause for which to fight. Something outside of ourselves. You see, so many men get it messed up. They think they're fighting for themselves, for their reputation, for their fame, for their wealth, for their success. Real warriors, real men have a cause outside of themselves. Outside of what... You say, yeah... Yeah, I'll fight for the broken. I'll fight for the hurting. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. I love how they did it in Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Nehemiah, let me set this up for you. The walls of his city were broken down. They were crumbled. And the people of God inside were vulnerable. The women, the children, the other men, the youth, the elderly, they were in trouble and they were vulnerable. And he says, we have a battle here. We have a cause. We have to man up. And here's what he said to motivate the men. Here's what he said. He said, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of your enemies. Remember the Lord. Remember the king. Remember the great warrior who is great and awesome. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do, men? Help me say it. What are we going to do? We're going to fight. Say it again. Fight. It's unconvincing, you know? It's a little He said fight for who? For yourselves? For your reputation? For your what? No! We're going to fight outside of ourselves. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. That doesn't just mean the dwelling place in which you live. It means fight for your city. Fight for your town. Fight for your college. Fight for me on behalf of you. God, yes, I'll fight for the broken. Yes, I'll fight for those who, who, who don't have a voice. Yes, I'll fight for the poor. Yes, I'll fight for the lost. Yes, I'll fight. Yes, I'll fight for this town. I'll fight for this church. I'll fight for your vision. I'll fight for the college. I believe. And I'll follow you. And I'll fight. And the men said, absolutely. We're with you. There's something outside of you. And God is speaking to your heart. He says, you know, he's, he's affirming what you've known for a long time. That he's put within you a cause for which to fight. A battle to engage in that he is leading you on. That he has already went, guaranteed he will win the victory. And he's looking for men. And he's going to find them in this place. And when you win the men, you win the war. It's that simple. It's that simple. And women, we need your prayer support. We need your encouragement. We need to look into your eyes and see the men that God is calling us to be. Not the men that we fail to be. We're going to be broken. We're going to repent. We're going to have God come in and change us. But when we look into your eyes, here's what we need. Whether you're our friends, our wives, our girlfriends, our mothers, our sisters, we need to see in your eyes the man that God is calling us to be. Okay? That's how you can help with this. That's how you can help with it. There's a difference. There's a difference between us, men and women. It's like the difference between movies. Two kinds of movies, right? There's chick flicks. And then there's real movies, right? I'm sorry, Rhonda. I'm really sorry. Now, I know, I, I, I know, I know a lot of you guys feel this way, but it's, it's true. I'm sorry, ladies. It's, it's time you knew that, that for most of us guys, sisterhood of the traveling pants. It's like 90 minutes of pure hell. But I will sit through it. I will sit through it. Because... Often after such movies, Shree wants to have a makeout session. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get kissed and I'm going to get kissed good. And I, I will watch a movie for that. I will do that for my woman. But guys, guys, I'm sorry. 
my daughter just disowned me. You're here. You exist. I've kissed your mother. It's getting a little PG. I'm sorry for that. Guys, I want to say to you, Braveheart. Braveheart. Come on. Give me some support here. Something happened. Wait on that. Just hold that, okay? You're with me. I know, Austin. Something happens. Something happens in a man. We see a movie like Braveheart. You see Mel Gibson. And he's William Wallace. And he paints his face blue. And he goes before his countrymen. How many of you guys saw that movie? You went home and painted your face blue. You did it. To see how you look, Blake, right? How'd you look? I did it. Yeah. But we looked awesome. We looked awesome. And as he was calling to his countrymen to go and fight, I took the liberty of writing down his words. He said this, men, fight and you may die. Run, you lousy cowards, and you may live, at least for a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to stand before our enemies and say this, you can take our lives, but you will never take our, guys, I need you here, you will never take our freedom! Ah! Yes! Yes. You did. Good. God bless you. Man, if that doesn't stir something in your soul, right next to the bacon pan, we got sets of fuzzy pink slippers. Go put them on. Free manicures. Go get your nails done. Woo! You were created with the heart of a warrior. And a warrior has a battle to fight. And as much as we would say we'd follow William Wallace, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is putting out a much greater call. The question is, are we going to salute and say yes? I don't know how you're going to do it with a man like me, but you've called. And I'm going to follow. And I'm going to go. And I'm going to fight. That's our decision this morning. That's our decision this morning. Until you find the cause that you're willing to die for, you will never truly live. Whether we're young, middle-aged, or old, we spend our lives as men searching consciously or unconsciously for that cause for which we are willing to die. And until we find that, we don't truly have life coursing through us, purpose coursing through us. That is what God offers us. He has wired you for it. He is inviting you. He is imploring you. This is heaven and hell, eternity, reality, right now and forever, stuff that's hanging in the balance. Write this down, another foundational thought. And this is important. A warrior without a cause for which to fight, without the right cause for which to fight, will find the wrong cause to fight against. A warrior without the right cause to fight for will find the wrong cause to fight against. Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. This is where we live, guys, a lot of the time. Ladies, we are just, this is what you know. This is where guys go stupid. We are real good at this. Hold your amens, please. But we will, we will miss the ultimate call from the God of all creation. And we will attach ourselves to the wrong thing to fight against. How many of you have been in churches? happens here all the time. All the time. We've convinced the world that following Jesus Christ is the being about the things you're against. I hate this. I hate this. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Wrong thing to fight against when there's a battle to fight for. When there's a battle to fight for. And we self-destruct. We get bored. Maybe we rebel against authority in our jobs, in our families, our parents, in our, in our households, in our towns, in our college, anywhere. We fight against authority. We fight against the authority of God. We've got to have our own way. We're going to go do it this way. Maybe we get bored 
And in one stupid decision, or stupid decision after stupid decision, we trash a relationship. We trash a marriage. We follow our lust. We attach to the wrong battle. Self-importance of being wanted, being stimulated, being appreciated, being valued. We attach to the wrong things. We fight hard against the wrong things. Maybe some of you guys, you know, you're, 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 you're just distracted. You're distracted. We become self-destructive. If we don't find the right cause to fight for, we'll find the wrong cause to fight against. The Apostle Paul was named Saul before, uh, before he followed Jesus Christ, right? Acts 8, chapter, 3rd verse tells about how he did exactly this. Saul began to destroy the church. He found the wrong cause to fight against. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them into prison. Put them into prison. He was fighting against Jesus Christ because he had not found the ultimate cause to fight for. And then God knocked him off his horse, literally, and transformed him into one of the greatest warriors that Jesus Christ has ever stood alongside until this time. Because he is speaking this very morning to me and to some of you about standing up and saying, yes, I will be that warrior. There is no difference between the Apostle Paul and you and me. We have the same call from the same Jesus. The only difference has been our response, our holding back and not being sold out, not saying, yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll do. Yes, I'll be whatever you need me to be. I'm going to enter the field. I'm not going to watch. I'm going to participate. And I don't want to be in the background. I want to be on the front line. I want you to use me in a mighty way to change right now for all of eternity, to change lives and relationships and towns and colleges for your glory. I want you to reign. I am going. I'm going. A warrior, gentlemen, that's what you're called to be. Name your battle. It's different for guys in high school and college than it would be for people in middle age. It's different for people who are in middle age than it is for retirees. It's different for people who are retirees versus people who think they're close to death. It may be different, but it all comes from the same God. It is all for the same, it is different battlefronts for the same, for the same emphasis. You know what I'm saying? But pick and name your battle by the, by the wisdom that comes from God. Name your battle. What is it? For some of you young guys, I'm going to help you. For some of you young guys, it needs to be purity. It needs to be purity, not just for yourself, but for the glory of God, for your sisters, for your future wives, for your current wives, for your, for your community, for everything. For everything, it needs to be purity. If you're married, you may be married one year. You may be married a hundred years. I don't care. Some of you guys, it needs to be your marriage. It needs to be your marriage. Because marriages are falling like flies. They're breaking down. And they're breaking down in the church more than they are outside the church. Which either means one of two things. Either following Jesus Christ has absolutely no effect on our primary human relationship. Or we're not following Jesus Christ as he calls us to. Men, some of you, it has to be your marriage. Some of you are champions. Some of you are warriors on the battlefield of of work and accomplishments and grades and sports and something else. But you've neglected relationships. So we need to refocus and name our battle. Name our battle. We need to be spiritual leaders in our home. We need to be spiritual leaders in our home. We need to fight on behalf of the spiritual lives of our family. We need to talk more about Jesus Christ and, and what he's doing and having time and prayer and building each other up in the faith than we need to be arguing about who has the remote control or where we're going tonight. Because as long as we do that, we can distract ourselves with so many other things. So many other things. You name it. Where is the enemy attacking you? He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's having a field day in so many of our homes, so many of our neighborhoods, in so many of our lives, in so many of our marriages, so many of our friendships, so many of our finances. He's attacking, killing, and destroying. And some of us need to name that as our battle. And by the Spirit of God, we will overcome. By His, by His glory, by His strength. Some of us, this is the way you're going to fight. You're going to go home and you're going to you're going to come before your kids. You're going to come before your friends. You're going to come before your wife 
and say, I need your forgiveness because I've not been the man that God has called me to be. Because some of us, we'll fight the wrong battle. We'll take the strength and that spirit of, 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 of being a warrior in the battlefield and we'll turn it on the very people we're meant to bless and protect. Our children, our friends, our wives. Some of us, the way we're going to start fighting is to start making it right. Say, I haven't been the spiritual leader. I haven't been the one who would stand and protect you. I haven't been the one who has provided the example. I haven't been that one. But by the grace of God, I'm going to be. I don't have it within me to be that. I don't. This is a call that transcends any of our natural abilities. And, and here's, the, here's the gospel. Here's the gospel. When we realize how weak we are and how great the call is, it drives us to our knees. It takes us to the cross and we realize how mighty and how gracious and how compassionate and how loving and how great our Savior is. And then, then the strength comes. That's when we're strong. That's when we're strong and that's what we're going to do. Men, some of you need to be the spiritual leaders. Say, I don't have a family. You have friends. You have friends. We need to be bringing them here to hear the good news, to be set free, to find out what true life is. If you're married and you have kids, you know, here's a study. It's very interesting. When the mom comes to church and the children and brings the children, the father stays home. Here's what happens. The vast majority of them will grow up where church and Jesus Christ will have a very marginal impact and presence in their lives. Men. And I say this, if you're not married, if you have friends, if you come, if you come and you bring the children, it doesn't matter as much if the wife stays home. I'm not, I'm not degrading or, or, or lessening the role of women, but here it is in, in just this one piece. If the man comes and brings the children, over 90% chance that as they grow older, that the church of Jesus Christ will be a primary force in their lives. It's time. We've we got to man up. Name your, name your battle. Tom, what's your battle? What is God calling you to do, you may ask? It's changed for me in two years since I've been here. It is the gospel. It is the gospel. It is the gospel for believers that we, we as, a, as a church, that we as people, and when I say this to you, you need to know that I am broken and I in no way can do this on my own strength. There are parts of my heart I don't even want to look at. The wrong things that I do, well, they're pretty easy to categorize. How about the right things? Well, you dig under the surface and often in my heart, there's wrong motives for the right things. But the church needs to know. And the church needs to know that the closer we get to Jesus Christ, the closer we get, the more bankrupt we find out we are spiritually. And the greater we find out our God is. And there's simultaneously this weakening and this strengthening. This hopelessness and this hope. This brokenness and this wholeness. Because the only way, the only way for the church to be the church is to wake up and to realize that there's a call of God that is so much greater, so much greater than we've ever heard, so much greater than we've ever imagined, so much greater than we've ever laid hold of. And to wake up to that fact. Wake up. I'm waking up. And I want everybody to wake up with me. Because we need each other. This call is so great. We can't do it on our own. We need Jesus Christ. We need all our brothers. We need all of our sisters to band together and to go out. And to go out. And the church needs to wake up. Look at this town. We live in a tiny town with more Christian churches than we have restaurants that have metal silverware. We should be more Christian than we are fat. But I'm not. And neither are we as a community. Why? Because part of, part of what weighs on my heart, part of what the battle is in this tiny town with this great God on His throne is this. It's the people who won't darken the doorway of a church, who've been hurt by the church, who have their mind made up about the church, who, who don't even know they have a need for Jesus Christ. And so they're not here. And they're dying. 
And most churches here don't give a rip. Most churches here don't care. And this one will. This one will because our commander in chief cares. And he loves them. And he yearns for a relationship. He wants to forgive people. He wants to restore people. He wants to call them into relationship with him. He wants to unfold what he created them to be. He wants to make them whole. And I want to suit up. And I want to be locking arms and locking hearts with you. And go out and bring the good news to those who are far from God. And God is doing it. That's the call. There are people who have hung around this building for a long time who said, I don't want part of that. And they've gone. And I love them. I love them. There are people who just last week said to us, you go in this direction, I ain't giving. And I may not show up. I'm willing to die for this. You better bring something better than I ain't coming and I ain't giving. Because the commander-in-chief is going out. He's got a battle to fight, and he wants not males. He wants men to stand up and say, I'm going. It may cost me everything. It may cost me my job. It may cost me my comfort. It's going to cost me money. It's going to, but the cause is people. People he died for. You better bring more than I ain't coming and I ain't giving. Because this church is going. Man, it's time to man up. We've got a battle to fight. And just, I know, I know you guys are all revved up now. You know, I want to hit somebody. I want to hit somebody. I want to open up a can of my ninja skills. You know, I got nunchucks at home, and I got skills. Woo! Oh, got skills. Before we do that, you need to know. You need to know who you're fighting against and who you're not fighting against. Here it is. Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. Put on the full armor of God. Suit up. Why? So we can look like posers. So we can go with other guys far from the battle. We're not going to go onto the field. We're just going to put on the full armor of God. If you're putting on the full armor of God and you're not going out in the battlefield, you're a poser. Ain't no room for that. This ain't a playground. This is a battleground. Get with it. We're manning up. Who's the, who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? It's not the guy who looked at you wrong. You want a piece of me? You don't want any of this. It's not the guy who looked at you wrong. It's not the guy who stole your parking spot. It's not the guy who cut in front of you at the deli counter at City Market, took the last of the spicy hot wings, and you know who you are. (laughs) It ain't him. Look who it is. Take your stand against the devil's schemes, for our struggle is not against that guy. It is not against that lady. It is against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in high places. That's it. In the heavenly realms. That's it. That's where our enemy is. Suit up. we got a lot of guys want to put that on. And there's another mistake. We get passive. We get passive. Warriors are not passive. I'm just going to wait for the battle to come to me. Well, it's killing you guys. Come on. We're not passive. Watch the Super Bowl. Watch the Super Bowl. The team that is always playing defense, defense is important, but the team that always has their defense out there are the losers, right? They're the losers. Sometimes we got to go on the offense. we got a school, we got a high school where the people we care about are dying and suffering and marginalized and don't know Christ. we got a college where people are suffering and dying with bad decisions and, and struggling with things that Christ has already won the victory for. we got workplaces. We gotta go. We gotta go and get on the offense. He's calling us to be warriors. Here's one of the most misinterpreted, misquoted verses in Scripture. Jesus is saying this in Matthew 16, 18. He says, He's saying, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not overcome it. They will not be strong enough. And here we, we we're told time and again that that that, that Satan's gonna attack the church. 
and he won't get anywhere with it because God is standing guard. Wrong. It's true, but that's not what Jesus is teaching here. Look at the word gates. Gates. Did you know hell is a gated community? Many communi- gated communities are hell too, but that's a different, different message for a different week. But we don't have gates here, right? What do gates do? They, they protect, keep things in, right? Keep other people out, right? They're defensive. We have in this county, we have cattle guards, okay? Picture a cattle guard. Have you ever gone up to a cattle guard? You see the cattle guard hop off the posts and come marching up to you and attack you and jump on your car and stomp your head? No! Have you ever seen that? Some of you may have. If you have, right next to the pink fuzzy slippers and the bacon, we have these nice white jackets with very long arms. Very cozy. They tie in the back. Like we like you to try one on. Gates are defensive. Why do you say the gates of hell will not overcome it? Because we're storming the gates. We're storming the gates of hell. We're not men who sit in the church and go, Oh, I'm saved. I know Jesus. I'm waiting for him to come back. There's a battle to be fought. And we will storm the gates of hell. And in his strength and under his command, they will not. Those gates will crumble. And why do we want to storm them? Because people we love are held hostage on the other side. And his, his job, his, his passion, Jesus Christ, is to set them free. If you've been set free, you're part of the army. We're going. And we're going on the offense. And we're storming the gates of hell as spiritual warriors. You want to know one of the strongest postures of a spiritual warrior? It isn't like this. It's like this. Interceding for our friends. Interceding for our town. Interceding for our college. Pleading with God for our wives and our children. We need to be warriors in prayer. We need to be warriors in prayer. If we could see in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realms, what happens when we bow our knees to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. If you could see what transpires when that happens. The things that are set loose, men, you would do nothing else. It puts World of Warcraft to shame. There are heavenly realities that are set in motion by your faithful prayer. Men of God, let's kneel. Sometimes it's time to throw a punch. Sometimes it's time to throw a punch. Where the enemy, the devil, is eating your lunch. Is, is taking people to the cleaners. Is really roughing them up. People you love. And say, I'm drawing the line here. I'm drawing the line here. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you're not, you're not crossing it. Sometimes we need to throw a punch. Here's another way we fight. Sometimes we turn the cheek. Sometimes the toughest thing to do is to turn the other cheek. I love what Matt shared with me. Ergen Canner said he's a president of Liberty Seminary. He says, strike me on one cheek, I'll turn the other cheek. You strike me on that other cheek, let's get it on. Sometimes, but sometimes the toughest thing for a warrior to do is to absorb the pain. To say, you don't have enough. You can't dish out enough punishment to cause me not to love. You can't hurt me enough to cause me not to forgive. You can't attack me enough to make me attack you back because I know you're not my enemy. The one you're following is. And I'm going to take him down. And then I'm going to love you back to the one who is the true champion the true victor, the true warrior. That's another way we fight. Take a look at Jesus. The night he was betrayed, he's with Peter. Peter's a fisherman. Man, this guy is buff. And these guys come out after Jesus. And what does he do? He does what we would do, right? He grabs a sword and he takes it. And he takes a swipe at, 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 the, at the ruler's uh, servant. And he's going to cut his head off. And he misses like most of us would do. And he chops his ear off. And Jesus says, Peter, you missed it, man. Put your sword back. Because this time, our weapon is not the sword. Our weapon today is love. Our mission is love. That's what we're fighting with. 
And Jesus turned the other cheek again and again and again. And he did it because his love for you and for me was stronger than anything that they could dish out. And they dished out everything that was in their arsenal. They took him and they blindfolded him and they spit in his face and they plucked out his beard. And those Romans with the big signet rings, they hit him again and again and again. And this chief warrior who knew at any second he could say the word and unleash legions of angels to wipe everybody out said, that's not my weapon today. Today my weapon is love. And I'm going to absorb the pain. And I'm going to absorb the humility, humiliation and the hurt because I love my people. And I have to pay this price for them. Sometimes the warrior sucks it up turns the other cheek and absorbs the pain. And they whipped him. And they whipped him. And they whipped him with zeal. 39 times until his internal organs were hanging out. And the prophecy was fulfilled that said he would no longer look like a man, but like an animal. And at any moment, he had the strength and the power to wipe him out. And he hung there. And what did he say? What did he say? One day I'm going to get you. One day I'm going to deal it back to you. He said, my weapon today is love. Father, forgive them. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. What effect did this have on the 12 men that he called to be his first warriors? They were wimps. They ran away because they were afraid of their own lives. But when he rose and they, they knew they were changed. They knew everything he said was true. Everything they had heard was, was right before them. And they were transformed. John died of old age. Judas hanged himself. Killed, took his own life. The other ten said, I will die for this cause. And they did. They died a martyr's death. They would say, I would rather die painfully, slowly, than deny the one who has called me to be his warrior. That is the cause I am willing to die for. My only reasonable response for the one who was my warrior and won the victory for me was to become his warrior and help him continue to win the victory for those for whom don't yet know it. Don't yet know it. We're going to leave here. We're going back into our jobs, into our schools, into our homes, into our college, into our neighborhoods. Man up. There's an invitation for us to join the army. This isn't a playground. This isn't Ned Flanders' bill. This isn't the place where you just go on the weekend for a while, hang out. This is real life. This is real eternity. And the real Jesus is calling you to stand up. He's calling me to stand up and be a real warrior, no matter the cost. And to find in Him the only cause worth giving your life for. The one who gave it all for you. The call goes out. Man up. What's our answer? Let's pray. God, You are so good to treat Your Son as if He had lived our lives. So that you could treat us as if we'd lived his. Make us warriors. Men and women of war. Make us answer the call and say, yes, I'll stand up. I'll give my life for that. I hear the call. I see the need. I hear the cries. I know what's at stake. I won't be left behind. I won't be suited up and on the sidelines. Put me on the front line. Still praying some of you are followers of Jesus Christ. Men, some of you are. But you sought comfort and convenience and material gain and other causes for which to pour your life into. And you've heard the word of God and the spirit of God in your hearts and you know it. And you want to turn things around. And this is the morning, and we can do it. If God has spoken to your heart and said, 
come. Come fight with me in love and strength for my kingdom, my cause, and the people I love to redeem this lost world, to heal brokenness. Come on. The waiting is over. And you say, yes, I want to be the warrior. Lift your hand to God. Raise your hand to God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We got hands going up. I want to be a warrior. I'm accepting the call. Let me pray for you as I pray for myself. Lord, we have heard the call. You are the great and mighty one. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are honored that you would even call our names. Lord, we in brokenness come before you. We ask you to forgive us for being on the sidelines. Forgive us for being distracted. Forgive us for for all the times that we didn't choose the right battle, but we choose the wrong thing to fight against. And we've hurt people we've been made to bless and protect. Lord, we've taken our eyes off what you said was the battlefield. We want to protect the church. We want to advance your kingdom. Your word says from the time of John the Baptist until now, Jesus, you said the kingdom is forcefully advancing and forceful men take hold of it. Lord, we are going, but we can't in our own strength. I am not courageous enough. We are not brave enough. We are not strong enough, but you are. Be our strength. We'll say yes again and again and again. We're going to see people's hearts turn to you. We're going to see lives put back together. We're going to see sin forgiven and your glory extending from horizon to horizon because you're great and you're mighty and we repent of everything. We repent and say we're sorry for everything that's distracted us, the cheap and temporary for the glorious and the eternal. Thank you. Thank you for calling us your warriors. Still praying. There are others of you. We've talked about mighty men of faith, the mighty warriors, the followers of Jesus Christ, and God's Spirit has spoken to your hearts, and you say, I'm not that. I've never turned it over to Jesus Christ. He's not my Lord. He's not my Savior. I've heard a lot. I may have done him lip service, but he invites you today into his family, into his platoon, into his band of brothers. He wants to forgive you. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you life where there was death. He wants to give you forgiveness where there was condemnation. He wants to create his life in you. You say, yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want to be part of his army. I want to follow him faithfully all the days of my life. I'd ask you to raise your hand to heaven. Raise your hand to God. That's the most. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We got hands going up. Yes, God is doing a work. God bless you. 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 Anyone else, I'll say yes to you. For the first time, I'll say yes to you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray. Make this prayer your own. Lord, you are my commander in chief. You are the God above all gods. And I've had other gods. I've had myself, my own desires. I've served fighting against you by going my own way. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I've heard of your mercy. I've heard of your compassion. I've heard of your grace. I've heard of your blood that cleanses even the deepest sin. And I receive it. I receive you as my Savior. I trust in your finished work on the cross. I ask you to come into my life. Sit on the throne. Be the Lord. Be the Savior. And I will follow you as your faithful warrior until there is no breath left in me. And then I will join you in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your hands. Thank you more for your hearts. We need each other. This ain't a solo trip. It's walking with Jesus and it's walking together. And I need you. And we need each other. Why do we do church? That's why we do church. That's why we do church. To build up the church in Christ to be strong enough to go out and fight for those who don't yet know Him. That's what we're doing here. That's what He's doing here. God bless you. Heaven is celebrating because of the commitments you've made. 
And God is going to break into your life, call you in ways you've never imagined. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to be tough. And it's going to hurt. But the victory is guaranteed. And I am blessed to have you stand with me as we stand with him. For those who don't know.